0: Welcome to the Tsai Sinica Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SUP China. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Tshin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Tsai Global Reporters and Editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. There's been a heck of a lot going on in the world's second largest economy in the past seven days. Beijing has defended its controversial decision to suspend climate cooperation with the US as retaliation for Nancy Pelosi's Taiwan visit. A Chinese tech giant has snapped up a private hospital operator for 1.5 billion US dollars, and Chinese fast fashion platform Shein has overtaken amazon.com in app downloads. With nothing but the most critical developments from China's business world, Here's your weekly roundup. There's some eye-catching news coming out of the Chinese Central Bank. In a seemingly surprise move, the People's Bank of China, or PBOC, reduced two key interest rates on Monday. The Central Bank has lowered the rate on its one-year policy loans by 10 basis points to 2.75%, and the seven-day reverse repo rate to 2% from 2.1%. The development may turn heads as many analysts assumed that the one-year medium-term lending facility would not be altered. The news comes as the Chinese economy contends with challenges posed by virus lockdowns and the wobbly real estate market. Speculation is brewing whether the rate cut could trigger lenders to slash their prime lending rates for this month when they are unveiled next week. However, at this point in time, it's hard to say to what extent any more rate cuts will be able to successfully shore up demand given that some of the Asian nation's policy rates and lending rates have already sunk to record lows. In other big news, Beijing has released a new white paper regarding Taiwan. The document says that the use of force would be the, quote, last resort taken under compelling circumstances, end quote. Titled The Taiwan Question and China's Reunification in the New Era, the white paper says that Taiwan would continue with its current social system after reunification and, quote, enjoy a high degree of autonomy as a special administrative region on the precondition that China's sovereignty, security, and development interests were guaranteed. The document denounces external interference, namely by the U.S., and also slams separatist forces, such as Taiwan's Democratic Progressive Party, for quote, obstructing China's complete reunification. The document was published shortly after the U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. The event triggered Beijing to launch military drills around the island and political sanctions against both Taiwan and the U.S. And while we're on the topic. China's special climate envoy, Xie Zhenhua, said that the U.S. is, quote, fully responsible for the suspension of bilateral climate talks. In an interview with the state-run China Daily, Xie said that although such talks with the U.S. have been suspended, China has consistently been a, quote, proactive contributor to the global climate process by persistently supporting other developing nations, end quote, in addressing the issue. He said that while Beijing continues all-out efforts to work with other countries on climate issues, it has also been resolutely forging ahead with its climate targets of peaking carbon dioxide emissions before 2030 and realizing carbon neutrality before 2060. The top climate diplomat's remarks came days after his U.S. counterpart, John Kerry, said on Twitter that China's decision to suspend climate cooperation, quote, doesn't punish the United States. It punishes the world, particularly the developing world. Xi's comments were echoed by the Chinese Foreign Ministry, which said at a press conference last week that this measure taken by Beijing was quote, legitimate and reasonable, end quote, as Pelosi's visit had quote, undermined the political foundation of the China-U.S. relations and will inevitably cause major disruptions to the exchanges and cooperation between the two sides. Moving on to the latest on one of the country's most popular tourism destinations, Hainan, which is grappling with a major COVID outbreak. The southern island province has imposed large-scale lockdowns to contain the situation after reporting thousands of virus cases. Over 10 cities and counties have now gone into so-called whole-area static management thereby barring all residents from leaving their homes or certain areas unless necessary. The city of Sanya, famed for its beach resorts, is the hardest-hit place in the latest outbreak. Earlier this month, Sanya's lockdown stranded more than 80,000 tourists who have been told they must take five COVID tests within seven days before they'll be allowed to leave. While the authorities have said that they can pay half the usual price for their rooms, some people have claimed online that their hotels jacked up the prices to offset the discount. The city authorities said that they would investigate these allegations and impose the quote-unquote toughest penalties possible on anyone found to have broken the rules. Chinese fast fashion e-commerce platform Xi'in is back in the news, that's after it surpassed Amazon.com in app downloads in the U.S. for the first time in the second quarter of 2022. That's according to a recent report by research firm Sensor Tower. In the three months ending June, CN amassed 6.8 million downloads in the U.S., representing a quarter-on-quarter 13% increase. Meanwhile, Amazon was downloaded 6.3 million times in the country, down 7% quarter on quarter the report said that over the last 3 years Xi'an has seen consistent quarter on quarter growth in downloads its average number of active installs in the us had more than quad, its average number of active installs in the us had more than quintupled last quarter compared with the second quarter of 2019 Sensor Tower adds that Amazon's monthly active users were triple that of Shein in the second quarter of 2022, although Shein is narrowing the gap in the U.S. In other tech news, China's number two short video company Kuaishou introduced a new product called Stream Lake. That's the company's first enterprise-facing video cloud brand designed to provide services including live streaming on-demand broadcasting, artificial intelligence-powered content view, special effects integration, and virtual idols. The launch of StreamLake marks the company's official entry into the video cloud services market, dominated by bigger rivals like Alibaba and Tencent, and a shift from its original consumer-focused businesses that have been losing money. Quaisho also unveiled its first self-designed system-on-chip device, used for cloud-based intelligent video processing. A system-on-chip device is an integrated circuit that combines many elements of a computer system onto a single chip. A system-on-chip device is an integrated circuit that combines many elements of a computer system on a single chip. And while Kuaishou may be venturing into cloud services and chip-making, another local media giant is also diversifying its business. ByteDance has reportedly paid about 10 billion yen, or roughly $1.5 billion, to take full control of one of China's largest private hospitals. The business registration system showed an ownership change for Amcare Healthcare, a private hospital for women and children, known for high-end services. Shareholder Xiaohe Health increased its stake from about 42% to roughly 70%. Xiaohe Health Technology owns the remainder. The pair are subsidiaries of ByteDance, the owner of TikTok. The companies didn't publish financial details of the deal. ByteDance has geared up for a foray into the healthcare sector in recent years, focusing on institutions specializing in women and children's care and cancer treatment. Let's turn now to Nandini Venkata, who is podcast producer for Caixin Global and, of course, is co-producer of this show. Nandini, what is up with this new virus that they have found in China?
1: This is a novel virus that's called Langya henipa virus. Apologies if I... Butchered the pronunciation. Uh, It's also called Levy for short. The reason why this is in the news is not because um, there's been this huge dramatic outbreak in China of people suddenly falling seriously ill with Levy, but it's actually because the New England Journal of Medicine has published a study by scientists from China, Singapore, and Australia. And um, this study is all about how scientists um, say they they discovered a total of 35 patients who were infected with Levy. Of course, I'm sure the big question that a lot of people are wondering is did any of these 35 people die from the virus? Um, Well, I'm relieved to say that according to the researchers, none of them did. They developed um, symptoms such as uh, cough, loss of appetite, fatigue, And then some of them went on to develop more serious symptoms. That includes blood cell abnormalities and even liver or kidney damage.
0: Okay, so what do we know about the virus's origins and how did these people contract the virus originally?
1: About the virus's origins, um, well, the people behind the study say it's most likely that um, the virus emerged in shrews. So those, you know, those little rat-like rodents. Um, And then the virus jumped the species barrier and went on to infect human beings. And here's how the scientists came to this conclusion. They say that the virus's genetic material was actually detected in over a quarter of wild shrews, um, which were tested in these parts of China. Um, That's actually the highest rate among um, those wild animals that the scientists had surveyed. Now, how exactly these people contracted the virus isn't 100% clear, Um, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to be wondering if it spreads from human to human. So the scientists said that there's no strong indication or evidence to suggest that the patients had um, had close contact with one another or had um, a common exposure history. The virus cases therefore seem to be random and unconnected. But then again, the scientists also acknowledge that the sample size of patients is rather small, so they therefore are cautious about completely ruling out human-to-human transmission.
0: All right, so let's just get this out of the way. Is Levy going to turn into the next COVID-19?
1: I don't want to personally weigh into the matter. I have absolutely no scientific training in infectious diseases. But I can tell you what scientists are saying. So um, those behind the report have said that, you know, right now, because there's so little evidence that the disease spreads from human to human, we shouldn't start to panic about this turning into a new pandemic. Um, Instead, what's important is to conduct more research in the area. And this is also something that's been echoed by other scientists, you know, not those involved with the study. They basically say since there is so few signs that this um, disease is contagious between humans, don't start freaking out that this is going to turn into COVID. Right now, you know, a lot of people are taking this seriously. Indeed, Taiwan Center for Disease Control has actually already started screening for the pathogen. So all I will say at this point is, you know, just, just pay attention to it and let's hope for the best.
0: Okay, thank you, Nandini.
1: Thanks, Kaiser.
0: And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Seneca Network like the amazing China in Africa podcast and China Corner Office. And for daily news and views, Make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.